Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. The title this morning is, of my talk is, Do We Really Ever Retire? No. We don't ever really retire. The only time we retire, as it says in the Via Hafta, is when we go to sleep. That's what that term meant. In God's, God's dichotomy, you just shift from one position to another position. According to Hashem's will, as he leads in your life. I'm thankful and grateful that God has kept us together, moving us in his direction all these years. I want my words this morning to be words of encouragement to my congregation and to move ahead as a Messianic community, serving Jew and Gentile the bread of life. I need to change the glasses. My talk will be a small portion of the book of Ephesians, hopefully encourage each one of us. This book deals with the ecclesia, the called out of Messiah, where Jew and Gentiles are part of his body. This book was written in the 60 AD and included both Jew and Gentile in their standing within the ecclesia. It is the pinnacle of the body of Messiah in operation, producing one new man, a spiritual man. When Paul penned this letter, I believe he addressed it to the Jew first, as his manner always was. As it states in Romans 1.16, that the gospel is to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. He wrote, Paul wrote this letter from a Torah-observant Jew, trained as a Pharisee, looking into the future of the spiritual man completed in Messiah where Jew and Gentile reside in complete harmony, serving the Lord. Sort of like here at Tikvot. Yeah, right. (laughs) We're not always in complete harmony, but many times we are in complete harmony. Paul was sharing from God's perspective, the body operating as a well-oiled machine, with Yeshua as, its, as the head, fulfilling his desires. 
if we can bring up Ephesians 1, please. We read in verse 1 and 2, the title is Greetings. Paul, an emissary of Messiah, Yeshua, by God's will. To the Kodeshim in Ephesus, those trusting in the Messiah, Yeshua, grace and shalom be to you from God our Father and the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. An embassy, as we know, is a sent one. It's apostle. And he says that he was sent by Messiah according to God's will. The Kodeshim are the holy ones. In some Bibles, it says the saints. They are the holy ones that trusted in Messiah in Ephesus, including Jew and Gentile. Grace is divine favor, which none of us would be able to stand without it. And shalom is, of course, peace from God and Yeshua, the Messiah. And peace is a word that you would say to someone as they come and as they go. Shalom, shalom. Peace as we come, peace as we go. To be in God's will, would be, <clears throat> to be in God's will as a representative of Yeshua means to be in fellowship fellowship, excuse me, and attentive to what God wants to do through Yeshua. As it says in 1 John 1, 5 and 6, fellowship versus walking in the flesh in darkness. Paul's words of encouragement begins in, the first, in, in this first section of the book of Ephesians. And this I like to quote. Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, who has given us with has given us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Messiah. If you were paying attention this morning, you would have noticed that in many of the um, liturgical prayers that we said this morning. It all, they began with blessed be the God of Israel. This phrase reminds you of what? If we take a look at the Amidah, we will see the prayers, the prayer of our vote, our fathers. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, God of our fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. David Stern suggests in his New Covenant commentary that Paul is addressing the Jewish believers, the Messianic community at Ephesus, quoting a portion of the prayer that would be familiar with them incorporating into a New Covenant experience. So he felt that Paul was actually going back into his training as a Pharisee and bringing forth a prayer that they would understand blessing of Messiah. By changing the word, by changing the God of our fathers to the God of, and God, excuse me, by changing the God of our fathers to the God and Father, our Lord, 
Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who is the Mashiach. That's what Paul was trying to do. If you read Paul's letters, which most of you have, you will find that his reference was always that to Yeshua, the Mashiach, the Messiah. And in, in, in understanding of the Hebrew past in Judaism, the long-awaited Mashiach was Yeshua, is what he was saying. His primary ex- uh, encouragement to people is that, hey, the Messiah, the long-awaited Mashiach has come. He is Yeshua. Paul's ministry to the Jews always refers to Yeshua as the Mashiach, the promised Messiah. If we read in Romans 1, Romans 1, Romans 1 through 4. Paul, a slave, again, of Messiah Yeshua, called to be an emissary, a sent one, set apart for the gospel, the good news of God, which he announced beforehand through the prophets, through his prophets and his holy scriptures concerning his son. He came into being from the seed of David according to the flesh. He was appointed ben Elohim in power, according to the Ruach of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, he is Yeshua, the Messiah, our Lord, the Mashiach of Israel. Here we see that Paul mentioning again that God was always concerned to bring the revelation of his son, that he was father of the seat of the kingship of David, as pronounced in the Tanakh. Yeshua was appointed ben Elohim, the son of God. Confirmed by the resurrection of the dead, he is Yeshua, the Mashiach, the long-awaited Messiah of the Jewish people. Paul, addressing the Jews with prayer from the Second Temple period, Tying in a traditional play of blessing to establish that Yeshua is the one who sent him. In Judaism, the prayer would be Baruch Atah Adonai. Praise be to Adonai, taken from Psalm 119.12. In Ephesians 1.4, go back. He continues, he who chose us in the Messiah before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. Paul, again here, is reminding the Jewish people that their calling was to be holy before him in love. That they were his chosen people, that he had not forgiven them. He's not forsaken them, as Paul had written in Romans chapter 11. Paul is continually reminding his people, his brethren, that he is sent by the Messiah to teach them and introduce them to the Yeshua, the Messiah, who fulfills all in all. We are to be holy as they are holy, set apart. 
And blameless is a classical Greek term, meaning we are blameless. And it means that there is nothing that can render us unworthy. There is nothing that can render us unworthy. That's what Yeshua has accomplished. No matter how you feel or no matter how you think of yourself, you're blameless because he has made you blameless. We are holy and blameless before him in love. For Romans 8 says it another way. Nothing can separate you from the love of God through Messiah, Yeshua. Amen? Amen. Now, as we looked at, at how Paul addressed the Jews at Ephesus, he also takes the time to address the Gentiles in this book. And that is in chapter 2, verse 11. He says, and I quote, Therefore keep in mind that you once, Gentiles in the flesh, were called uncircumcised by those who, who are the circumcision, which is performed by the flesh or by the hand. Whenever you see therefore, you have to ask yourself, wherefore? And so in order to get a context of what's listed here, we have to go back to verse 8. And it says in verse 8 of chapter 2, For by grace you have been saved, through faith, that is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It is not based on deeds, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Messiah Yeshua for good works, which he prepared beforehand so we might walk in them. This was addressing the Gentiles. Then he goes on to say, therefore... Keep in mind that once you Gentiles, and he brings them back. You see, we are, we are saved by grace through operating in faith. It was not of ourselves. We couldn't lift ourselves up by our bootstraps. We needed God's help. And we have to recognize that salvation is a gift from God. It's a present. A gift from God is a present from God. And we are his workmanship. something that God designed, his masterpiece. Created in Messiah, Yeshua, for his purposes and good deeds to the praise and the glory of God. Adonai. Amen? So you see the repetition there of referring to God in a blessed manner. He continued to speak that way. Then we go on. The Gentiles in the flesh meant basically that they were unsaved, were called the uncircumcised by those who were circumcised. And while in the flesh, you were separate from God, you were separated from God, excluded from the citizenship or the commonwealth of Israel. 
strangers to the covenants, and having no hope, and without God in the world. But yet by his grace, he has saved us. Amen. It's a great word that Paul is bringing forth here. The encouragement to our congregation, not only to the Jew first, but also to the Gentiles. And it represents, I believe, it represents what God is speaking. That we had come on a Saturday and we worship Jew and Gentile holding arm in arm, worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the vision that Paul had seen when he was penning, when he penned the book of Ephesians. It was just not to be read as, you know, blessing, 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 but it was to be with vision and with intent, kavanah, with intent of understanding that God has not forsaken his Jewish people, that he has included them within the body of Messiah, that Jew and Gentile fulfill the plan of God. I, I, I threw in Ephesians 2.14, excuse me, I'm losing my voice a little bit. For he is, Yeshua, is our shalom. The one who made the two into one and broke down the middle wall of separation within his flesh. He made powerless the hostility. Here again, we've seen that he is our shalom and he is our peace. And he made two into one, Jew and Gentile, a spiritual man. Separation of the wall, where it says here, is an indication of the second temple period where there was a wall that separated the Jew and the Gentile that the Jew would be able to walk into the temple and the, there was a, a, a place where Gentiles could no, go no further. Yeshua broke that wall down, that separation wall, that now also the Jew can walk, the Gentile can walk in just as a Jew would walk in to the temple of God. Not only that, he had, broke, he had torn the veil, as it says in Ephesians, from the holies of holies. We're now known, not only the priestly, the, the high priest, but all of God's people, Jew and Gentile, can enter into the holiness of God, where his presence resides, his Shekinah, his glory. According to David Stern, again, I'm quoting him, because of Torah observance by Jews, brought hostility between Jew and Gentile. Gentiles' envy of God's selection of Jews of being, of being his chosen people. Jewish pride of them being chosen. And Gentiles' resentment of their pride. And then also a mutual dislike for each other's customs. That's what has separated Jew and Gentile. It says here in this section that Yeshua was the one who's trying to bring those two together, that to bring the hostility 
away and take it out of the way so that they can come and fellowship like we are, this mo- well, like we are doing this morning, honoring the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, by, God, by Yeshua's act, uh, sacrifice, he was committed to God. He was able to close the enmity between both groups, creating a spiritual man. And we read in Ephesians 3.1, again, for this reason, I, Paul, he says, am a prisoner of Messiah Yeshua. For the sake of you Gentiles, not only did he commit his life to the Jews, but he also committed his life to the Gentiles. And he says Paul was willing to be a prisoner in chains for us Gentiles and the gospel. Because the Gentiles are joint heirs and co-sharers of the promises of Messiah as we live out here at Tekron. He did it in order to create within himself this man, this unit, that a Jew remains a Jew in appearance, and Gentiles remain a Gentile in appearance. But together, those two make the spiritual man that Rick, that. Uh, brings forth the plan of God, being used by God, not trading one for the other, but both walking hand in hand, so making peace. We began this morning with Paul's blessing to the Jews and their calling. And we are unto Paul blessing the Gentiles, right? A complete, so we have a complete circle. Of redemption. And in Psalm 32, Psalm 32, in verse 1, it says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions is forgiven and whose sin is pardoned. That's why we bless the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I like to thank Hashem for allowing me the privilege to serve in this congregation through the years. It's meant a lot to my life and to my family. And it's something that I've given with my whole heart to service through the years. I hope you have found it beneficial, and I hope I was able to help some of you and touch some of you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let me pray.